Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is Cross Training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now here's your host for Cross Training, David Anderson. We're sitting here this morning at the Loyola Studios, which are beautiful, uh, right next to the Mike Early studio. And we have this morning on cross-training, we have the Blanchers. We have Johnny and Deborah, and Deborah is Deborah Cuvillon. That's the, right. From the bayou, I would guess. Well, uh, southwest Louisiana. That's that's um, all considered bayou? Yes. Cajun <laughs> okay. land, for sure. Right, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, it is. So There's you, bayous there, but, it, but it's, it's well, we very are, close to the Gulf. We are considered the heart of Cajun land. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm spot on. <laughs> Our priest here at Holy Name, Father Mark Thibodeau, uh, is from uh, Cross Point. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's not too far from you guys? I actually have never been there, but I've heard of it. A distant land. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and we also have uh, the other side of this equation of the Blanchards, uh, Johnny Blanchard. We were just hearing about his high school athletics, and I wanted to get into it later about the high school Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, board up there. Because I I didn't do anything spectacular in high school at all, um, but was wondering for the criteria, uh, you know, to get on that board. But right. I do. My brother was a state champ wrestler. Okay. And we're hoping to, uh, uh, I'm sure he'd be surprised if one day he was at <laughs> all, up there. Is that an official organization? Uh, you know, it, it's not. It was put together by uh, Ron Bracado. Ron was um, a sports writer. Uh, in the city, mm-hmm. uh, primarily with the, with the state's item, later the Picayune. And uh, he covered all high school sports for years. And so he just, uh, he there, there was no Hall of Fame, and he, he had access to the records and was witness to much of what has happened in the last 50 years of uh, high school sports. Uh, he was the one that produced the uh, – W-Y-E-S, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Legends, you know, you know yes, yeah, uh, yeah. of uh, New Orleans and uh, high school was a great show. Yeah, yeah. So, he, uh, anyway, Ron uh, is a, a customer, and he came to me, and uh, there, was, there, was a, there was a restaurant bar uh, that Dave Myrez owned in Metairie, and when Ron was starting it, he had it in that – in Mares's place, and uh, that place closed down, so he was looking for a home. And Yale College Inn had always been uh, a local spot where uh, high school, college, and professional people passed through o- over the decades. And um, so he asked, and I said, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." So you know, more or less, Ron, you know, chooses, you know, and there's, you know, there's not a um, you know, you know <clears throat> truthfully, now I wasn't too bad a player myself, but truthfully, I'm not good enough to be on that wall. Oh you my! Know? Uh, well, I'll take my two gold medal <laughs> AAU uh, amateur wrestling uh, and lay them to the side. <laughs> but they had, uh, you know, more or less, it was guys that were uh, most of the time like two sport legends, and not just you know. Well, I say not just one. I, mean, I played only baseball. But yeah, but several state championships. I'm going to push for a Johnny Blanchard uh, picture on nah, the Hall well, of Fame. We don't want right. any nepotism involved. Right, right. <laughs> it's easier for me not to be on a wall than to be on the wall. That's a, so. Well, you're a fixture there anyway. Oh. Uh, I love seeing both of you every time we go. I saw, got to visit with you guys last night. That was really nice uh, and didn't realize that – you were from where you were. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, we hadn't really formally talked ever. And it was funny, being in Yule College Inn last mm-hmm. night, 
John, John, just tell me a little bit about Katrina and what happened and how you got into the space. And you mentioned the real estate uh, agent. What was his name? Uh, Don Randon. Don Randon. And somebody else. And he said, he's the gray-haired guy right over there. He pointed. I'm like, Johnny, there are about 20 gray-haired men uh, in that vicinity of the point. So uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, if it wasn't for my N7, I'd be in that group too. Uh, so... And I'll uh, just reintroduce everyone. Uh, we're at the 11-minute mark. So uh, we have uh, Miss Deborah Cuvillon uh, Blanchard, uh, the spouse of Johnny Blanchard. And these guys operate uh, a New Orleans institution, really. Uh, here you say you have so more square-foot entertainment zone than any other place in the city. Yeah, uh, I would I would have to say they'd It'd be difficult to, to to have more space than we have, more parking than we have. But beyond that, it's probably uh, what makes it a New Orleans, really a Louisiana institution, is the amount of fun that people have there. Mm -hmm. Whether you're bowling, having a good time, listening to music, having a good time, or at Yale College Inn, uh, you can't help but have a good time. I think their food is absolutely delicious. We have some to try later. <laughs> and uh, I'm now uh, hooked on that bread pudding. Mm. I feel like the guy who served it to me should be incarcerated <laughs> because uh, it's a cruel thing to do. It's the best dessert in the city, uh, in my opinion. And I am ample enough to to render a good opinion <laughs> on the best dessert in the city of New Orleans. Uh, it really is. Do you want the story behind that bread pudding? Oh, heck yeah. Well, uh, and the recipe. Um, that's a secret. <laughs> Oak Street had Fair started um, a festival, a food festival. A pull boy festival. A pull boy yeah. festival. And um, the old college inn was asked to enter this pull boy festival. And my son wanted something very unique. And he had this idea of doing uh, some kind of sweet type po' boy. A dessert po' boy. Yes. So he oh, and just let me just tell you that the very first po' boy festival, your college entered, my son entered uh, a shrimp ramelade, fried green tomato po' boy. And at the time, it's, it's, in it's numerous on the menu. Places I now. looked at it last night. Yeah. But it said it, he won. The first pull boy. He won best of the show. Best of the show. So the next year, he went and he just felt it was kind of futile to um, go with a, a, a regular pull boy. So he decided just to go off and do a dessert pull boy. So that's but, where. But the year, the first year, he was working on this bread pudding pull boy. And he came to us and said, taste it. What do you think? And I tasted, I said, huh, uh, I don't think you got it yet, honey. And so he laid it aside and did the shrimp, romalade, green tomato, and one. So he never stopped working on that po' boy. And when the second festival came around, he came, he says, taste it. And we both tasted it. He said, oh, you got a winner now. And he entered it and won best of the show. Wow. The first two yeah. years. First two years. It is And then after incredible. that, he became a judge. He didn't enter anymore. <laughs> that festival has done very well. They very well. always seem to have really good weather. It could be bad weather. And the day of the Oak Street Festival, it always seems to be really nice weather. Yeah, it's a major event now. Yeah. In a short period of time, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things. A po' boy festival? Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's a natural. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's what we have today for uh, lunch. We have the debris po' boy and the chicken fried steak po' boy. All right. Uh, okay. it's, it's really good. Uh, my daughter sampled some uh, this morning and took one of the sections for That's lunch. Yeah, <laughs> good uh, for her. Yeah, definitely. So you guys have been through a lot in your life as a married couple that run a business together. Have you all always run the business uh have you always been part of the business? I know Johnny has. I, you see him on the commercials all the way back to Airline Highway. Uh, not Airline. Uh, Tulane Avenue. Tulane yeah. and, and Carrollton. Right. Were you part of the business then? At the very beginning, um, I, I was definitely in support of it, but somebody had to be making money. So 
I wasn't making a whole lot, but I was teaching. I was a full-time teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, he came. So you had the cash flow and benefits? And- yeah, not a whole lot, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was teaching in Catholic schools, too. <laughs> so anyway, St. Catherine, Siena. Um, anyway, at one point, he came to me and said, look, I think we've finally gotten to the point where I can afford to pay what you're making teaching. Do you want to come and, and work on a daily basis, stop teaching? And at first, I was a little hesitant because um, I like teaching. I thought I would miss it. Well, after much prayer and discernment, I decided I was going to leave the teaching behind. And to be honest with you, uh, I just emerged myself into the business, and I never missed the teaching after that. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. I became a bartender, which I'd never bartended in my entire life. So I had the Boston Bartender's Guide right right. <laughs> right there on a cabinet for me to reference when somebody would want mixed drinks. And so I learned on the job. At the time, we weren't real busy. We were never slammed. And by the time we got to the point where we were getting slammed, I knew how I was... I knew how to make the most popular drinks. Well, you guys have two, I guess, service bars, one at the bowling alley and then one yes. at the restaurant. Right, right. The restaurant uh, is more refined drinks, more fancy drinks. Uh, the rock and bowl are basic drinks, you know, lots of beer, wine, and, um, you know, like rum and coke, vodka, uh, vodka. Vodka tonic. Our customers, if they know they want an old fashioned, they're going to go and see Mike at the bar at College Inn. Was that the guy with the beard? Yes, yes. He looks like a mixologist. <laughs> he's got the look on he's, for sure. He's quite the bartender. So anyway, I worked as a bartender. I worked then. I stopped bartending and I started working with the day to day business, the books, and you know the banking and all payroll oh, and. Wow. And now, at the point I am in my life, I only do uh, the end of the month work, the taxes, I pay the taxes, and uh, my daughter and daughter-in-law have taken over a lot of what I used to do. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, it's a true family business. Wow. Daughter, daughter-in-law, son, son-in-law. I and And That's some granddaughters that are bartending. Excellent. <laughs> um. Again, let me introduce uh, who we're talking to today. This is David Anderson, host of Cross Training. And we have in the magnificent Loyola Studios today, we have Johnny Blanchard and Deborah Blanchard, the proud owners of Rock and Bowl and uh, Yale College Inn, and just finding out how many family members are really getting involved in this. That's super mm-hmm. fantastic. And, uh, it's one of the best places to go in the whole city for a good time or just good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people do you guys employ? You know, in New Orleans, uh, we're at about 45 to 50. Wow. Uh, you know, and you have a Lafayette location. We have a Lafayette location, uh, which is about 20 people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. On the payroll. Uh, it's a big it business. Yeah. We just... You know, it, it, it mounts up quick. Sometimes when I see what my payroll is, you know, I wonder how I'm still in business after you, you know, uh, a lot of money it takes to, to run businesses and to, uh, you know, and to make people, you know, content enough to, to stay, stay with you. That's right. You know? and, and having people stay with you right now is, is, uh, a very important, um, uh, situation because you know since the covid it's made it very very difficult for businesses across the country to uh maintain employees and uh fortunately we've been able to keep our staff together uh, you know at the businesses it's an odd place we're in where we have a shortage of labor but we also have more people spending yes yeah um whether it's online or but in the entertainment and food sector and drinking sector, it's uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, I have no idea how some people cannot work and in some kind of way they get by. You know, <laughs> so it's uh, uh, 
an odd situation. Well, when you figure it out, please send me a quick text. <laughs> yes, I will. Hey, to do this. I will. I'll, I'll be happy to be on that train. <laughs> but uh, last night we were talking. Um, I got to go visit last night a little bit. And we were talking about after Katrina. And we all have our Katrina stories. And uh, yours was uh, everybody in this city and the surrounding area was aware of what was going on at Rock and Bowl. You were mm-hmm. uh, no longer going to be at the uh, Tulane Avenue store, and you were opening up down the street. And you guys both wear medals, I see, proclaiming mm-hmm. your faith out there. Anybody comes up, they're going to see it. It's mm-hmm. not a marksman medal from the Army. That's a faith no. medal, right. clear. It's beautiful. Uh, when you were going through this transition, uh, you could not have imagined that you were leaving Tulane Avenue and Carrollton upstairs at a uh, at a strip shopping center to move down to street, the street and have what you have today in the Lafayette location. And where was your faith going through that period of uncertainty? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that you don't know what's up ahead, and and every you know. Uh, so many times I have had situations where I said, you know, God, why? Why is this happening? Why, you know, this doesn't make sense. And um, I guess, you know, that you can go through the Bible and so many times, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll see the people questioning God uh, and his workings. And, uh, but God has a plan and, you know, uh, he put me into the, uh, into the position of owning mid city bowling lanes, which became the rock and bowl back in 1988. And, you know, through every hardship, every, uh, difficult moment, you know, I've thought about, you know, I've had to go back into my faith and just saying, you know, I know. He has a plan, you know, help me to just figure it out, accept it, go in that direction and see what he has in store. And uh, truthfully, he has not disappointed me yet. You know, every every time I've had a a situation happen when I thought it was just the worst thing they could be. uh, Later, I found out it was the best thing they could be uh you know katrina was actually a blessing if, if katrina had not happened you know i i would not uh have the rock and bowl right next to yule college and down the street uh i would not be in lafayette and uh and have my situation there you know before katrina uh, i had bought yule college in in uh 2003 uh, about a year and a half before Katrina hit. And prior to that, I had only leased space. I really didn't own any any property. I owned the business, but I didn't own uh, the real estate. And so the old college inn was actually uh, the result of me looking at where I was at the time. I was uh, about 50 years old, and my son and my son-in-law were working with me. And... Uh, I saw that the Rock and Bowl one day I uh, had a lease. I was going to lose at least one day, and if that happened, uh, you know, as it was scheduled, I was going to be in my sixties when the lease ran out. My son and my son-in-law would be in their forties, and what would we do at that age? At their age, if they're going to continue working in the family business, so that's why I went and you know took the chance when Yale College and came up for sale. Uh, I bought it uh, with the thought that one day rock and bowl would be over and uh, but maybe my family would still have the property at Yale College in. Um, but like you know Katrina, as devastating as it was across the city, I mean all of a sudden the the, the whole the real estate changed and there were, there was despair across the area. And there were people who were making decisions on whether to stay or whether to get out. And uh, so opportunities ar- arose 
from you know uh, the, the circumstances of Katrina and the devastation it brought. I was in the middle of opening a bank. Yeah. And didn't know, but it created opportunities. Right. And again, um, anyone just joining in, you're listening to uh, 690, the almighty uh, Catholic community media with the show Cross Training, hosted by me, David Anderson. And this morning at the Loyola Studios, we have the Blanchers, uh, Johnny and Deborah. And it is really incredible to hear the story. I can imagine my sister, who has become uh, certainly uh, a listener, a regular listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, we talked about this show before, and she's going to be excited to hear oh, that, that information. So if you don't mind going on, you, you realized your lease was going to not be something in perpetuity uh, for you, uh, for, for your family's income. Everybody's working there. Uh, all the breadwinners of the family are working there. And all of a sudden, these other opportunities open up. When you left uh, the former mid-city bowling lanes, uh, which I do remember, mm-hmm. uh, how did that happen where you said, okay, I'm washing my hands of this lease and I'm going over here to the former, was that the former Helm? Helm Paint, Helm was, Paint in the, was in that location. Uh, who's also a great sponsor of Catholic Community uh, yeah. Media as well. They do a great job. They're, they're gr- great people. That's where we yeah. buy all of our paint. That's where I buy all my paint, yeah. Helm Paint. Yeah. And my wife's very excited because they make the VO. See, something that doesn't have harmful fumes, and my wife is now very excited. And that's all they sell now, so the market really moved in that. So if you don't mind going into that point right there, but tied into what you're doing every night to go to sleep, what prayers are you rolling out? Because you have to be. Yeah, we're we're, we're praying. You know, I'd I'd say uh, the prayers vary at night. I guess, you know, most of the time, the the nighttime prayers are – um, maybe you know, short personal conversations. Uh, you know, asking you know, asking for help, asking for aid. Uh, but my 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 wife and I, we uh, we say a rosary at least once a day. Um, Where would you know, the time for you guys? That's amazing. Well, normally, um, most days we do an eight o'clock rosary with, along with EWTN. Mm-hmm. And then we go for a walk, and we pray the rosary while we're walking. Those are our primary times together in prayer. Wow! And you know, and, and it's 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 That's pretty beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty short. Sometimes the, the, the eight o'clock rosary is a little. I'm, I'm just waking up. I mean, because normally I, I I stay up pretty late, and um uh. I'm like half asleep many times doing yeah. doing that rosary, and sometimes he misses that one. But the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, you know we we try to walk every day, and it's really pretty simple to just make that part of the walk, mm-hmm. and uh, we try to walk about about forty five minutes a day. So the rosary takes about fifteen minutes, and uh, where do you walk, City Park? You know, it, <laughs> no. Uh, we, 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 we've, we've done that. We, we change it around, but primarily we go through Metairie Cemetery. Uh, calm, yeah, peaceful. Calm, peaceful. Shade. 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 Yeah. Shade. You, the Shade. sun when you need it, when it's yes. cold. And Always it's, a breeze. And, uh, and, it's just, and it's an interesting place to walk. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of uh, notable uh, New Orleanians, you know, entombed there. Lots of history. It, it's, it's, you know, it's fun to go by and. See Pete Fountain and Louis Prima and oh, Diamond wow. Jim Bricado and it is you know, fun. Uh, anybody in New Orleans. We're such a uh, close knit community that you see names in any cemetery that you know. Yeah, I mean they might not be the same branch, but they're probably cousins. Oh yeah, well I mean yeah, definitely all cousins. But I mean you know I say it's and there's people you know we were you know the little like side note we 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 just got. Uh, in the parking lot there, we started walking, and uh, my wife looked down and she she saw this uh, pennant that said "Roll Wave." So uh, my grandson is is uh, 
a pretty fair baseball player, and he's committed to Tulane uh, next year. So you know, we're we're, we're I picked we're, it up. We're, we're coming to Tulane. So she said, I, I, oh, "I need to keep this." And said, "Roll wave." So we were walking down the uh, the street, and then we came across uh, Senator John Hankel's tune. Nice. Well, John Hankel was uh, nice. a great customer and supporter at the college in when we first took it over. And a mentor of mine. Yeah, he a great fella. And uh, he was a big Tulane fan. Yes. So I told my wife, I said, look, that's where you need to put the roll wave sign. So the roll wave pennant. So we went there and put the roll wave pennant on Senator Hankel's uh That is a there. classic story. That's <laughs> so, beautiful. So when you're going through that, and, it, and it's, it's uh, you know, like I said, it's an entertaining walk. You go by Pete Fountain and it's, uh, you know, here lies Pete who lived to love and loved to eat. You know? Here lies and, Pete with his dancing feet. Yeah. Who loved to. Who lived to love and loved, loved to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, Amen. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it is a history tour every time you right. go through. But so, so we're you know, walking through there. But it, it's, you know, if you, if you just think about it, sometimes. You know, if if we take a drive, if we're going anywhere, you know, it only takes 15 minutes to say that rosary. And uh, the rosary is a pretty powerful weapon, tool to armor. Uh, yeah. To, you know, uh, I've had, I've seen too, just too many situations and too many you know, problems that I've gone through and came out for the better on the other side. And I have to attribute, you know, much of that to the to the rosary. I uh, am a recent embracer of the rosary, probably about six months, seven mm-hmm. months. And before that, I, I didn't understand it. It it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And now when I say that, it, it's like I'm going into that moment and I'm excited. All right, I'm going into my rosary moment. And yeah. You never know where your mind leads during that time either. I I don't always. Uh, I think I would have been uh, ADHD uh, certified if they did that back in my day. Well, I mean, trust me, we're, we're we're ADHD, you know, satisfied. I mean, uh, certified, certified yeah. also, you know. Well, good. And um, yeah, you know, it, it, you definitely your mind wanders. Okay. But you get back to it, and you, and you realize, and you, and you come back, and sometimes that's just, I guess, in your prayer life. Sometimes when your mind wanders, it's God telling you, later on, I want you to take care of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you got to put it aside for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're generally uh, positive things that you should be doing. Not should be doing, uh, just uh, positive thoughts, but pulls your mind out, and then you come back, and mm-hmm. you stick with it, and it Almost sounds like seems like you, you learn something every time you say the rosary. Mm-hmm. You almost hear, even though it's the same words over and over, you hear something that makes it a little bit different to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do contemplative prayer every other week at at Holy Name, and uh, it's an amazing moment. We anybody wants to come, we do it at the uh, pastoral center on La Salle every other Friday night at six forty-five. And then we watch the chosen and have dinner after. Oh, that's nice. But that yeah. contemplative prayer, we're doing the reading, and just one word just comes out, and it's wonderful for people who want to meditate and do different forms of relaxation. Mm-hmm. We have a candle. We have our shoes off. Uh, we are uh, in a great relax state of relaxation, mm-hmm. and when we practice that, it's uh, it's led by a nun, and it's beautiful. Um, but you, you, we were talking about the rosary and how your mind wanders, and that contemplative prayer is f- designed to do that, which mm-hmm. is really enjoying. You come out very relaxed, yeah. super relaxed. We have before us at the Loyola Studios, Deborah and John Blanchard, and I'm David Anderson, host of Cross Training, and just really glad to hear this story, and I know Several people, as I mentioned, my, my sister, uh, she will really enjoy hearing this. Is this uh, U.O. College Inn was one of my father's favorite places to go. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend of mine, uh, uh, still a friend of mine, uh, Leo Damaris. His mother worked there for a long time. And then um, she passed away. And 
that was he always likes to go back because it's a memory of his mother. Everybody in New Orleans has a memory tied to Yeo College Inn. And I remember when you bought it, I mean, that was exciting because uh, it was doing very well, but it was ready for new ownership. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you had it, things were going to change in a positive way. Who knew you'd actually move locations? Right. Uh, I mean, no one would have foreseen that. So, um, you know, is- an inter- interesting story. I mean, I think just a, a, I think worth sharing is that when it, when I I took it over, you know, like I had mentioned before, my son and son-in-law were working with me at the Rock and Bowl, and we uh, knew that, you know, I had to do something if this thing was you know, my, together as a family, we were going to continue in perpetuity. And uh, I heard through the grapevine that uh, the, they didn't announce it, but the College Inn was interested in selling. And uh, I called the restaurant and, you know, they were trying to, they wanted to sell it, but they didn't want to broadcast that they were selling it. They, they were afraid of getting their employees, you know, nervous about new ownership. And, you know, they didn't want them to be uh, quitting on them while they were, still in operation. And um, so I, I called them, talked to them. They told me what they wanted. Uh, I agreed to pay them what they were asking. You know, I'm, I'm not that good of a negotiator, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, but I took it over and I, I went to the act of sale. And when I took over the, the Mid-City Bowling Lanes, it was an answer to a prayer, the Blessed Mother. It had followed me going to Medjugorje, Yugoslavia. And um, the first thing I did when I took over the bowling alley, which everybody told me was going to fail, everybody told me, I mean everybody, that it's impossible, it can't work, what are you doing, or you're nuts, have you lost your mind? It's a dying industry. Yeah, and it's... I, I, you know, I couldn't tell them. The only one person I told was my wife that I think the Blessed Mother wants me to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't, it, it wasn't for good business reasons, right? So but the first thing I did was put a picture of Our Lady of Medjugorje over the staircase and paint. I painted the place Blessed Mother Blue, you know, on the inside. And I just went to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week for years, you know. But uh, when I took over your college in, I, you know, said, you know, I need to put Our Lady up immediately once I took it over. Uh, the, the people who had owned the uh, your college in, well, very good people. It was the Rufin family, uh, the Ricky family. Ray Ricky was mm-hmm. half owner. Emil Rufin was the, uh, on the other half. They were 50-50 owners. And um, Ray was a was a definitely uh, a practicing Catholic, okay? Uh, a serious Catholic, I would say. And um, But they had always had secular pictures in the restaurant. And they actually had artists with artwork on. They, they, they could sell their pictures. And I was, you know, the Blessed Mother's been good to me. I'm going to go with the Blessed Mother. So it's right, witnessing. Yeah. It's letting so, people know this is what I believe. So right before I go to the act of sale, I'm running around the house looking for a picture of the Blessed Mother. I have so many pictures of the Blessed Mother in my house. I have no idea. I couldn't find one. I'm running around. Not and, one that was suitable. Right, and, right. And uh, well, I mean, you know, like like that would Good go on a wall, you yeah. know. And um, so I, I, I was I was in a, I had to get the act of sales. I had a Sacred Heart of Jesus, so I picked the Sacred Heart of Jesus up. I went to the act of sale. Uh, after I went back to the restaurant, while the Rufin and Ricky families, they all met there after the act of sale. They had like their final lunch as a family in the place. And uh, so they were there before I got back. So the first thing I did, I I walked in and I I put the Sacred Heart of Jesus picture up 
on the wall. I took one of the pictures off. And I, I didn't do like a, make a big presentation of it. I just did it, tried to be invisible, but apparently I wasn't because at the end of the meal, uh, Ray Ricky said, he says, John, tell me something. I saw you put the Sacred Heart of Jesus up. What was that about? And I told him, I said, well, you know, I'm a believer and uh, I was looking for a blessed mother, but just the Sacred Heart was what I had at the moment. And Ray said, let me tell you something. He said, I'd been wanting to get out of this business for a few years. And my wife and I uh, did a novena to the Sacred Heart of Jesus to find somebody to buy the business. He said, on the ninth day, the end of the novena is the day you called oh and said. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just like, uh, you know, God's working when you think he's not working. And you can't, you know, I was looking for a blessed mother. All I could find was a sacred heart. And then I hear that story. And we hear story, Ray's you know? witness with you know? tears in his eyes. I've got you know? tears in my eyes yeah. right now. So, so sometimes, you know, you know, God's working and you, you don't wow. realize it. But uh, so, you know, I, I took that as, as, a, as a sign that, okay, maybe this is, hopefully this is, you know. In the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at the I, time, everybody told me I was paying too much. Okay. And, uh, but it's all worked out. And, uh, and you know, we, the Rufin family and the Ricky family remain good friends. And uh, they've been very, very supportive, you know. They have to be family. so happy to see you guys with your family running this great. Well, you know they are big I mean, business. But they're, they're, they're gives them joy. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, you know, their pictures still are on the walls. You know, we we, we didn't. You know, we, not in the Hall of Fame section. Not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> good, good, good. But they, but the they, criteria uh, is very. But, high. But, but, but they very well could be. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they were they were superstars in their own right. But uh, anyway, so it, it it was it was you know such a gift from our family to take over from their family. A beautiful and sure. College Inn's been there for ninety years now. And it was 70 years with the the Rufin family and 20 years now with us. And um, It's been 20 so years. 20 years. Wow. It's hard to believe. Yeah. You, know? you get to a certain age and uh, you group your years. It could be five or ten, you know, somewhere up in there. Uh, you just, yeah. if, you're, if you're fortunate and live older age, those years in, the, in, in our past seem to collapse into mm -hmm. three-year periods uh, from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah it was right. 30 years ago, whatever. Wow, so you guys have had a a beautiful uh, marriage that's been full of excitement, of ups and downs, and you've got children, and how long have you been married? It'll be 48 years in June. Wow, June what? June 7th. Oh, my son's birthday. Mm -hmm. All right, that's a good one. Uh, wow, that's a long time to go through. It doesn't seem long. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it and doesn't. it's wonderful if you're, if you're blessed to have a marriage mm -hmm. that is totally united in love, then uh, hey, you go through ups and downs. We've been blessed. You certainly have, and it appears. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, on behalf of the city of New Orleans, we love you guys. Well. I mean, oh, uh, not you. just the city, uh, the whole area. You know, when people are from out of town, it's not what high school they went to. It's they could have gone to uh, a school down in Chalmette or way out in West Wego, you, uh, West Jeff. You're mm -hmm. from New Orleans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you leave New Orleans, everybody in this whole metropolitan area uh, is from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, no one says, I'm from Laplace. Maybe they might say it that far <laughs> out, but not often. They're from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a soul in this whole area that isn't familiar with what you guys do and the entertainment that you provide, the good, clean entertainment mm -hmm. that you guys provide. And I really think uh, not only is the secret, obviously, you guys and your prayer life, mm -hmm. that is the secret to, to it all for you, mm -hmm. uh, but known as a great music venue gives it a vibe. Whether you hear the music or not, whether you go hear that live music, it creates a vibe that 
takes you from being a bowling alley, uh, a restaurant, entertainment venue, to another level. It is a place where people go here really good, New or- often New Orleans, not always, mm-hmm. New Orleans music. How do you go about booking those guys? You know, it, you know initially, I, mean, I, I knew nothing about it. But uh, again, at, at the time, you know, the good Lord just, just sent people my way. I mean, I, I, I started booking. Uh, the first band I booked, uh, there was a song on the jukebox at, when I first bought the Bowen Alley. And it was a hound dog hoot at by Johnny J and the Hitmen. And I had never heard the song, but some Sounds kind like of way, one of those groups you have playing over there. And he, one day, this fellow was there with three girls bowling, and I was behind the desk. They were the only people in the place, and uh, they're playing the jukebox. And the girl says, "He says, uh, hey, you know that guy there? He, 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 that's him playing on that record." <laughs> so I asked him. I said, "Look, I've been thinking about having a band." I said, "Do you think y'all?" could play here and I mean, how much it would cost. And at the time, God bless him, was the fellow Dave Clements. And um, Dave owns Snake and Jake's. He used to own the Circle Bar, too. Um, but he came, He said, yeah, I guess we can do it. So we did it. And, uh, you know, it just started to grow from there. And then this this fellow, um, you know, I, I I didn't know. I needed people to play for three or four hundred dollars. I couldn't afford more than that. We, we didn't have any cover charge, and um, this fellow Porgy Jones played, and we didn't have many people. But Porgy came to me out. They said, "Look," he says, uh, "For another hundred dollars, I can get uh, Johnny Adams." And I, I remember Johnny Adams from my high school days, thinking he was the greatest voice I'd ever heard, and he was from New Orleans, but I'd never seen him play live. So anyway, Johnny Adams is playing in my place, and I get a few more people. And then Porgy comes to me and says, look, he says, for $100 more than you, than you pay me, uh, I can get Ernie Cato. Oh, my. So I, I start meeting these guys, and uh, people started to show up. Uh, I was at the right place at the right time. I had a lot of these legends that were – remembered but forgotten and they were playing really in in like corner bars in unsafe neighborhoods and when i brought them to the rock and bowl all of a sudden it opened them up to the whole city that that you know people of every race and color could come to the bowling alley feel safe and hear ernie cato and uh johnny adams and it came snooks eagland and eddie bow and Tommy Ridgely and you know, Martha Wright. Yeah, it was uh, just a, uh, and a it, blessing where it opened up in our city. Music, everybody loves music. Yeah. Uh, well, around the corner, you know, from me, uh, Glenn David Andrews and Trombone Shorty, they grew up right behind the bowling alley. You're just a, you know, one block down is where they lived. So all these kids were they were they were running through my place. During the day, when they were like young kids, you know, trombone shorty would, uh, the the cabs would not go into the neighborhood in the back. They considered it unsafe. So uh, shorty would come up to me and say, hey, man, you know, Mr. John, can you call me a cab? And so I'd call him a cab, and he'd be out front with his trombone waiting for the cab driver to pick him up. Going to do a gig. Yeah. And so most of the guys at the Rebirth Brass Band all around that neighborhood. So, I mean, I, I didn't realize, uh, you know, you know, an interesting thing, before I took it over, um, Art Neville told me one day, he says, he says, John, let me tell you something. He says, you know, uh, in fact, I knew this, Cato set pins behind the lanes at Mid-City Bowling Lanes before the automatic pin setters. Right, Johnny right, Adams right. did that. It was a job where a lot of kids could get a job when there weren't many jobs for young black kids in you know in the city, they could set pins. And uh, Art Neville said he was. Uh, he says it was back there that uh, the the, the Nighthawks were, you know, uh, created. Created. He says we were all back there just just hitting against the 
right. the machines and the pins and and making and you know the, that's the ones that, that made it uh that came up with Mardi Gras Mambo. I mean, but those, that group was pin setting. Uh, so I mean, the place that's as even, naturally New Orleans yeah, as you can get. Yeah, the place was you know wow. it, was you know, even though they weren't doing music in the bowling alley, there was music happening. In the bowling alley. In the bowling alley. You know? Wow. So. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. So it, 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 it's always, I mean, uh, the bowling alley started in 1941. And um, so it's been, you know, it was there a long time. It was, well, it was there until I, until I left in 2009 and, and I moved it down the street. You know? uh, that was an amazing walk down music memory lane. Yeah. I think, do you have a, a hall of fame for New Orleans musicians over there? Yeah, we, we, we do. Uh, right above the lanes, uh, we have Ernie Cato, uh, Snooks Eaglin, um, um, Deacon John, Walva Wright. Deacon Eddie John Bo. is one of my favorites. Oh, he, Devout he, Catholic he, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's great. He's, he's just... He's been a superman. I mean, to, to keep it up in his voice, uh, he sounds as good today as as he ever did. I mean, he's, he's during really- COVID. I had a wonderful moment with Deacon John. We had just touched base, and both kind of lonely and not getting out. And met him over at Domelisi's. We and you had to take out. You couldn't uh, go eat in, so we went back to my kitchen and. Uh, Spent three hours with Deacon John in my kitchen eating shrimp po' boys from Domelisi's. Yeah. And uh, actually, I had a call uh, from Wendell Pierce right at that moment. And I said, look at this cat I'm uh, having lunch with. And Wendell texted back, oh, man, you with the coolest dude in the city. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah you're right. He is. He is. Yeah. Well, we, we've had so many great stories. We missed part of the show as we talk about food in New Orleans. And this morning uh, – we had the debris po'boy and the chicken fried steak, which is uh, as cruel as that dessert, as the fried bread pudding dessert. The chicken fried steak, whether it's on a po'boy or whether it's on a plate with mashed potatoes and green beans, is um, unfair. It's an unfair dish to serve to uh, people with challenges of Loving delicious food, <laughs> and I am an example as most of us are here. And uh, I have it out on a plate. It's funny. I came walking in this morning, rode my little Vespa over here, parked. I'm walking. It's beautiful. And it's like all right, this is gonna be a good day, and and realize I don't have the food. I had called my wife. I said, can you put that food? And I'm only a couple blocks away. So I ran back on the Vespa, picked up the food, got back in, and she had the plates all in there. It was really nice. But uh, this is the time that we generally, uh, well, it was actually a while back, where we generally eat. Uh, but you guys have, if you could at least take a bite, because uh, it is your own food, uh, which you guys eat every day. And if you don't want to take a bite, that's all right, because um, uh, we uh, and the uh, the crew here at uh, Albert DuPont, and who teaches some classes, we can handle anything that's not uh, touched. So uh, it is, I mean, look at it. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. No, it is. You know, the, the chicken fried steak was, uh, like I said, I, I, the collagen was known to everybody for generations, and uh, I went there often, a lot, very often in uh, in college. Uh, at lunchtime at Loyola, we used to run over to different po' boy spots, and College Inn was one of them. And the only thing I ever ate at your College Inn was the chicken fried steak po' boy. And there was never a reason to eat anything else. <laughs> it was the best po' boy you could. I mean, that was my opinion. You know, you know, you know way back then. And uh, you know, interesting enough, I mean they. Yule College Inn sponsored teams, and um, I actually played for the Yule College Inn sponsored team in the All-American League with Rag Shurman. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, I, I got a picture of me in my Yule College Inn shirt back when I was 18 years old, you know. I went to grammar school and high school with Joey. Oh, no joke. Okay. Yeah. Yes, indeed, yeah. Well, Joey was, my, uh, was our bad boy, you know. He was, like, six years old when I was uh, – Nice. <laughs> but with the chicken fried steak uh, – the, the one thing that Mr. Emil Rufin, the, he was the 85-year-old surviving son 
that sold the business to me uh, that he was con- most concerned about was don't mess up the chicken fried steak. <laughs> and it, and it, there's, a, there's a, a, a processed way that you have to run it through this machine to, to tenderize it. And it's like, you know, twice on one side and three times on the other. Hmm. And you take a round, like an eye round of some sort. Right. right. And, 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 uh, Misty Mia would say, do it. Don't skip corners, you know? So I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, he'd come in about once a month and he'd order a chicken fried steak. Poor boy used to check on me. <laughs> and, uh, but I have to say, I mean, every time he said, okay, you got it right. You did it right. He was, but he was, Till he died, he 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 was almost a hundred when he when he passed away, and uh, he would come in and check and make sure I was not messing up that chicken fried steak pull boy. And you had a fella. I remember reading about a guy who uh, died and left. It was a regular at the Bart uh, Yale College Inn and big Tulane fan and left a couple million dollars to Tulane. They uh, you remember that fella? I'm trying to think. I'm not sure that there's probably a bunch of them uh, who were Tulane fans because I mean it, it was a it was a Tulane hangout you know yes. uh, for many many years, but I'm not sure which one that was. Yeah. Well, he didn't leave it to me, but he, he had to leave it to Tulane. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I was really glad to hear that John Hankel story. Yeah, uh, yeah, I worked for him as a as a page and an aide when he was Speaker of the House. And okay, he just became a real mentor in my life, going through banking mm-hmm. uh, all these years. Yeah. So. We have him hanging up on the wall at uh, Yale College Inn, wow. not in the Hall of Fame area, but, but he's. At the entrance, yeah, he was he was yeah. a great friend. When he, he came, he, he died right before Katrina, and it, it was a, a great loss not to have him join that. No that question time. about it. Did we lose uh, yeah. some real leadership at that moment? Right. His son came up to me uh, at the funeral. He said, uh, "David, I just want to let you know you were on the list for my father to call that next day." Oh, and yeah. it was just like, uh, yeah. Oh well, he was a great soul. Yes, he was. Well, we'll uh, we'll close out with a prayer. Okay. And uh, why don't we throw this one to the old Senator John Hankel? <laughs> All right. Uh, a great good. leader of our town. We'll just say the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, Very full, full of, of grace. grace. The, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Amen to everyone who has helped us do what we're doing today and that we can spread God's word and our love. It's the best way to get people to become Catholics is to see us with joy. Yes, it is. And love and caring for other people. So, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you at the restaurant. Thank you for what you do, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.